It is Wednesday and we are live over here at the Early Bird Podcast Sessions. Stefan Maia with you. AddedSouls.com is the website. Genesis chapter 19, The Doom of Sodom, is what we're going to be investigating, you and I, for this session. We've been going through uh, the book of Genesis uh, Genesis on, on Wednesdays for our midweek studies, and that is according to the itinerary. And of course, the itinerary is changing a bit regarding its time zone. It used to be 8 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time, but now it's kind of when I can. Hopefully, I'll be able to solidify 10 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. Purpose being, well, my office in the basement flooded, so I had to move my office and location, and now we're waiting for the insurance company to come in and do some renovations. And so there is a bit of uh, inconvenience involved, and the structure of our day and the calendar therein has uh, kept me from being able to be spot on 8 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time, but no... No, uh, no problems that uh, we can't persevere through. We're just going to roll with it until all the renovations are done. Once it is done and I can once again regain my office location, I'll be able to uh, hone down the uh, seasons for 10 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. Uh, during the summertime, I don't mind 8 a.m., but um, during fall and winter and spring... I prefer 10 a.m., the reason being we still wake up as we do as a family around 5.30 around to 6 a.m., but we go out for exercise, we uh, walk uh, and stuff like that, and we have a bit of, um, well, we have a structure to our day. We are people who love to be planned and have a structure to our day, to our week, to our month. And so uh, that's why. But anyways, that's in the that's in the mix. We're we're having discussions about that. Anywho, I'm uh, thankful to God that I get to uh, be here with you at this time, and together we can look into Genesis chapter 19. For other information on Genesis and studies prior, please go to the archived uh, video section there of our channel, Added Souls the channel. And with that, a bit of housekeeping, please consider su- uh, subscribing to the channel. If you find there is substance in the content we provide and we create, subscribe, rumble, like, share, comment, all that kind of good stuff, and please consider supporting it because we operate the Added Souls ministry through your uh, support and donations, and you can do so over at addedsouls.locals.com. It's free to sign up, but once you are there, you can support monthly for as low as $5 a month or as much as you are willing and able to support. It helps the Added Souls ministry move forward, which is, of course, me and my family, my wife and the children. We get to have food, shelter, and clothing as we work the mission field over here in New Brunswick, Canada, me being the minister for the East Coast Church of Christ in Moncton, New Brunswick, Canada. That good? You can look over you can find that information also at eastcoastchurchofchrist.com and you can find us East Coast Church of Christ also on uh, Facebook. You got any questions about that? Please reach out to me and I'll be more than happy to have a conversation with you. That okay? There is also other options in the show notes. Be sure to check that out. So Genesis chapter 19, the doom, the doom of Sodom. A great many controversies, of course, have been created by the world and what they try to justify uh, regarding this chapter and this account and the things being spoken, the things being witnessed and recorded in this account. Well, the Word of God is true. It is real. It is br- uh, God-breathed. It is inspired. So uh, we want to know what the text indeed has to say about this moment in our history, uh, which uh, sadly shows to the shame of our uh, delinquency and the sinful activities and perversions that we chose to participate in, which of course resulted in God's judgment upon us. And God's judgment is indeed just. It is self-controlled. It is righteous. And uh, they received exactly what they called for, what they wanted, what they lived for, they received uh, in judgment. And so, two angels, right, two messengers, in chapter 19, verse 1, came to Sodom the evening as Lot was sitting in the gate uh, of Sodom. And if you want a bit more of the background and the context, by all means, please read the chapters prior. We have chosen to go in the direction of our study throughout Genesis with uh, certain uh, recorded accounts, certain chapters and locations that I choose to go to, not because the other locations are not as important or worth our study in our time, but rather because uh, of the structure of this podcast and the way we're doing things, I 
just saw it fit to kind of pick out locations where I could speak upon a certain given uh, account. And uh, I encourage you at home, as I do here at home with my family, is of course, of course, read all the chapters, read all the verses uh, before and after and get all the context involved, okay? So now two angels came uh, to Sodom in the evening as Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. Two angels, basically two messengers, that's what that means. Two messengers came to Lot, uh, or sorry, came to Sodom, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. He was waiting for them. And when Lot saw them, right, his eyes were able to recognize who he was seeing. Uh, He rose and uh, he met them and bowed down. Uh, with his face to the ground uh, before them, which is, of course, a an outward um, act of worship, if you will. And he said uh, to these messengers, Behold, my lords, uh, please turn aside into your servant's house and spend the night. See, he's meeting them at the gate. He wants to take them and he wants to bring them into the confines of his household where he can... Uh, feel more um, the ability to practice hospitality, to have them secure. And there is indeed a sense of urgency that you get from Lot in this text where he knows there is danger lurking about and he doesn't want these two messengers to be found within that danger. So he wants to immediately, you know, kind of uh, um, guide them from the gate to the household so that nothing happens to them and that they be safe within his household. So he says, my lords, please turn aside into your servant's house and spend the night. You know, that's what he's seeking to do with these two messengers and wash your feet, right? Which again is a sign of uh, uh, one's hospitality, one's ability to give comfort to the guest. Then you may rise early and go on your way. (laughs) Again, it's almost like, uh, don't, don't look around too much. Don't don't walk out there in the dark all alone. You know, uh, this is a pretty bad place. This is a pretty bad part of town, and you don't want to mess around. You know, um, we've had uh, guest speakers throughout the years as I ministered, as we ministered uh, this province, and uh, sometimes in certain locations, it was kind of that idea that I had in my mind. Okay, I want to meet them at the vehicle in the parking lot so I can walk with them to my house because we are known to be in a location where there might be some criminal activity or things of that nature. And I want to make sure that my guests are uh, secure uh, and that I indeed would be able to defend them or to talk my way out of any situation that would be hostile towards my guests. So, hey, listen, uh, can I pick up your bags? Can I help you? Let's go to the house. Let's stay in the house. It's safe in the house. Um, so that you kind of get that um, that urgency or that concern from Lot in the way he wants to interact with these two messengers and w- how he wants to keep them safe from his entourage. The landscape, of course, that he has found in Sodom is one that will uh, soon reveal itself to be quite wicked, quite perverted, right? So, behold, my lords, please, inter- please turn aside into your servant's house. This is verse 2. And spend the night and wash your feet. You'll be taken care of. I'll be able to practice hospitality uh, uh, towards you and have security for you. And then don't stick around too long. Don't ask too many questions. You can go about your business and uh, that'll be done. I'll have done my my duty and you will have been safe. And uh, that's what we're seeking to do here, okay? Well, they said, these two messengers said to Lot, no, not thanks for the offer, thanks for the uh, hospitality or the sense of concern for our security or anything like that. No, no, no. But we shall spend the night in the square. <laughs> we want to be in the public arena here. We want to be exposed to the elements. We want to experience this community and this society in its cultural ways. We want to uh, be the recipients of what Sodom has to offer or to observe, at the very least, what this location would have us receive. And of course, yet he urged them strongly, okay, you don't want to do that. No, 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 no. Listen, guys, you don't want to do that. Uh, (laughs) Maybe Lot thought them a bit naive, without the ability to have foresight or discernment of where they are found at. Like, I've, 
you know, I've found myself throughout my travels stateside and in Canada in locations where individuals would be like, what are you doing here? Number one, you don't have the right skin color to be in this in this community. You're going to get hurt real quick, boy. And it's kind of like, no, I'm well aware where I am. I know where I'm at. I know it's considered to be a pretty rough part of town. That's okay. Look at me. <laughs> Do I look like a, you know, I can't survive in a rough part of town? Yeah, I can survive in a rough part of town. I've been in rough parts of towns. I've actually gotten a lot in my past life involved with the rough part of town. So, but you can see how individuals who live in that neck of the woods, seeing you come into their side of town, their side of the tracks, be like, hey, who would have the concern hard? Because there are some decent people on the wrong side of the tracks, living in communities where there's a lot of violence, a lot of criminal activity, a lot of gang activity and stuff like that. And they would be like, hey, I don't want you to get hurt, so just come in, I'll take care of you for the night. You go out, but don't stick around here. There's a lot of violence, there's a lot of gang banging. You wear the wrong color out here, man, you're gonna get killed. You understand what I'm saying to you? Like, you don't want to stick around here. Yeah, 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 I'll sleep out here in the in the square. No, you, you won't make it throughout the square. You get shot, <laughs> okay? Uh, well, you know, you kind of get that element there from the, from, uh, the text if we're uh, just having conversation and perspective uh, on what could be taking place and the urgency and the concern Lot is having with these two lords, these two messengers who are aware of what they're there for and what's going on. It's kind of one of those things, again, hey, you don't want to be over here. Uh, you know, it's a dangerous part of town. Yeah, I know exactly where I'm at. Where I'm at. I, know why I'm, I know why I'm here as well. I'm here to knock doors, actually, you know, for the gospel meeting coming up at the weekend. <laughs> okay, so here they are, and he urged them strongly. So Lot's like, hey, listen, you don't want to do that. So they turned aside to him and entered his house. It didn't matter where they were going to go. They knew things were going to escalate quite quickly with the kind of uh, society and cultural wickedness that was taking part taking place in, in, in Sodom. So they turned aside to him and entered his house. Okay, fine, let's go into your house. And he prepared a feast for them. Uh, very hospitable. Uh, um, wanting to practice, of course, what is decent and what is good towards his fellow man, travelers, neighbors, messengers of this uh, caliber, of this nature. Um, and so um, he prepared a feast for them and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. So nourishment was given to them as messengers about the uh, business of their Lord, their their maker. And so they uh, do what is necessary here. But before they lay down, the men of the city, that's interesting language, isn't it? I'm going to circle that up there. Before they lay down, so Lot meets him at the gate. He wants to bring them safely to his household within the confines of his household where he believes security will be found and he'll be able to practice uh, his integrity uh, within the hospi uh, hospitality arena. And uh, he's giving them food to eat. They can wash their feet. They can have a sense of comfort and safety. But the men of the city, this city, the men, male, male, men of the city, the men of Sodom, specifically. The men of the city? Well, which city? Well, the men of Sodom surrounded the house. The house in which Lot had brought these messengers. Lot's house. Both young and old. Young men. Old men. All men. All the people from every quarter. The north side, the west side, the east side, right? The south side. From all quarters, from all angles, from all districts of this city, Sodom, men, both young and old and in between, all of them surrounded the house. That's, that's a bit intimidating, isn't it? And that also gives us insight into how much control, oppression, and tyranny their form of government had become. These people, their policies, their politics, 
and what they practiced and how they practiced it was of such a um, was of such a um, how should I say this such a, a a control that they were able to organize very quickly to organize very quickly all the men young and old of all quarters to surround this house don't you find that a, a bit telling a bit revealing don't you find that similar if you will to the same group of people today among us in our in our generation which is removed thousands and thousands of years from this recorded account, yet similar in so many ways. You're going to see a lot more similarity as we continue down the text, but do you see how quick these kinds of men, this agenda, this group, this community, how quickly they are organized to meet head-on with opposition or their demands, their agenda, their oppression, their tyranny, their the way they are organized in their government so quickly towards someone whom they would see as a threat to their lifestyle. Or perhaps someone who had not yet been contaminated according to their lifestyle. I find that a bit revealing and worth a bit of discussion as we have been doing, of course. This is verse 4 of chapter 19. Genesis, before they lay down the men of the city, the men of Sodom. So here you are, you've been taken care, you've been taken care of, you feel secure, you've had food, you've been able to wash, and it's time to go to bed where you can have a good night's sleep, right? No, right at that moment, you know, that's the moment you don't want the phone call to ring. <laughs> oh, the phone, man, I was going off to bed, I had a good evening, you know, or someone knocks at the door or some kind of inconvenience at that hour, right? It's like, it's for us here, that would probably be around 10 p.m., I suppose, because by 10, we're like on the way to bed. So around 10, it's like, oh, the phone's ringing? Who's calling us at this hour? Because people know us. They're like, 10, 10 p.m., they're probably on, in bed. Who's knocking at the door at 10 p.m.? You know it has to be something that ain't good. Like, if I'm getting a call at 10 p.m. at night, or if somebody's knocking at my door at 10 p.m., I'm on my guard. Something's there's bad news about. There's something not good about to happen. Well, what would the New Testament say about children of the night? The rebellious, the children of disobedience, the rebellious, they like to play their games at night. Well, before they laid down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, surrounded the house, both young and old, all the people from every quarter. Man, that's quite the organized uh, uh, protest here, you know. So they called to Lot. All these men from all these quarters, young and old, surrounded his house. They're calling out to Lot and said to him, where are the men who came to you tonight? Now, if you're in this household and you see what's taking place and you've been living in this city for a bit now, you, you, you're probably uneased. You're, you, you've got concern. You may have anxiety. Your heart rate's starting to go up. Uh, you're getting nervous. Uh, you know this ain't going to be good. They're not up to any good, and your mind, if you're not self-controlled in how to govern yourself through these kind of situations, you can lose your self-control, lose your, your wits about you, and say and do some of the most foolish things humanly possible, things that you would have never done before. You're no longer sober of thought. You know, individuals who uh, participate in uh, substance abuse and things of that nature or drunkenness, you know, you can wake up a week later in some other state <laughs> and be like, what happened? Where, wh what on earth? You know, you wouldn't imagine yourself doing any of those things that took place while you were intoxicated if you were sober. Well, if you are in a state of panic, in a state of anxiety and uh, uh, friction of such a magnitude that uh, you no longer have 
your intellectual faculties. You've lost that and you are no longer sober in control of your mind. You are now uh, in a frenzy. You are now just in a panic and you're trying to micro micromanage the situation. Many individuals, uh, you can see this dynamic when, uh, let's say, you work at the bank or at a store and an individual walks in there with a ski mask and a gun and starts asking for money and he may, he may you know, things, it, 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 it's very traumatic. It, it, it has it holds a lot of trauma and you can act in moments of trauma uh, either submissive or in a panic or aggressive um, I in those moments usually take a submissive position and I lower my head and I begin to apologize because uh, I am being threatened I am being attacked by some very uh, uh, aggressive individuals heartless individuals uh, who uh, are creating a situation that is not, of course, according to the Christian way. And that's what we see in this account taking place and what we would see in the secular world when a Christian is found in a situation uh, formed by a, 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 great, uh, a great act of sin against you or against whoever. So they called to Lot and said to him, where are the men who came to you tonight? Well, you know that ain't going to be good. Bring them out to us that we may have relations to know them sexually is the idea in which they were seeking to see these men, to have these men, these messengers that Lot sought to protect to the best of his ability in his, of course, concerns living in this location. So this is the demand of this agenda, this community. Uh, and uh, it is very similar today. Young and old, do they not seek our children? Do they not seek everyone to go according to their demands? And if their demands are not met, there will be consequences, very strong consequences. Over here, consequence in our current generation and culture, you can be fined, you can be jailed. You are not allowed to operate in any public way whatsoever, government and politics and their policies, corporations, academic institutions, and even religious uh, locations, religious bodies, and uh, entertainment for sure, the entertainment industry, sports and music and movies and everything, are they not, are they not pandering their propaganda towards this agenda, their demands, and if it is not met, you are what we now in our dialect would say cancelled, banned, deplatformed, shadow banned, removed, unpublished, that kind of stuff, right? Their demands are not to have a conversation and reason together so as to arrive to the truth. This is a high-handed demand that is backed by tyranny and oppression. This community, this agenda, these men, and what they seek to practice is indeed very oppressing to the people, and you can know that by how Lot acted as one without freedom, immediately knowing the concern of his city, wanting to bring these men into safety, which of course would not work, but you see how the word quickly passes to these men, and they are demanding this be done. We want to have sexual relations with the men you've brought. They've, I mean, it's very intimidating. It's very, could be very frightening, very concerning. What do you do in those times? Well, Lot went out to them at the doorway. So they, he, they're hearing what these men are saying outside the house. So Lot steps outside the house, closes the door behind him, and he's now alone with all these men surrounded around him, around his house, right? But Lot went out to them at the doorway and shut the door behind him and said, Please, my brothers, do not act wickedly. You see how we tiptoe around these people? We tiptoe around them. We don't want to offend them. We don't want them to we don't want to cause any uh, uh, we don't want to create any situation that would anger them or aggravate them. It's like the the beehive, you know, the hornet's nest, if you will. Don't go poking at the hornet's nest; you're gonna get stung. Well, they've taken the time to create this atmosphere of fear 
this atmosphere of fear. <laughs> so that's what they did, and Lot knows this, so he's tiptoeing around them. He doesn't want to say the wrong thing the wrong way, but he has to, in his uh, concern, his panic, make sure that uh, the two messengers are safe. And so he says, please, my brothers, please, he's begging them, my brothers, we're family. Don't do this. You do, Please, you don't need to take these men, these messengers, and have sexual relations with them. You, you don't, please, I'm urging you, my family, we're family here. Why would you want to do this? Please don't do this. This is wicked. He, <laughs> Lot was still about his wits enough to understand that what was taking place was indeed wicked. It was indeed evil. He's not saying, please, you know, maybe they don't want to have relations with you. Give them the time to get to know you first, and then perhaps they'll want to have sexual intercourse with you. And this, of course, is of the homosexual persuasion, the gay persuasion. Now, behold, I have two daughters, this is what Lot says, who have not had relations with man. They are virgins according to relations with man. Male. Please, I urge you, let me bring them, my two daughters, to you, all these men out here, who are hostile and seeking to fulfill their sexual lust. Only, this is the condition, the boundary in which Lot has for these men. Only do nothing to these messengers, these men, inasmuch as they have come under the shelter of my roof. Don't do anything to them because you know me. But here's my two daughters to appease your sexual lust and drive. Now, I don't care what you say or what anyone believes, and I know brethren have a hard time with this. Lot dropped the ball on that. I'm a father. I am a father of a daughter, and I assure you, as I am alive and speaking to you this day in reality, I'm not going to give my daughter to any perverts outside. That ain't going to happen. If I need to defend my life, if it is a threatening thing in my life and the safety of my children and my wife, then I will use everything at my disposal as an equalizer to defend my family's life. But I'm not going to give them my daughter for sexual pleasure, just to appease their lust, their perversion. It's not going to happen. What Lot did here, don't matter how you try to frame it, it ain't right. It ain't good, and it gives us insight in how his mind had lost its self-control. You want to give your daughters to these sexual predators? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. So he's speaking, of course, in a way that is not sober. I have two daughters who have not had relations with man. Please let me bring them out to you and do not and do and do to them whatever you like. Only do nothing to these men in as much as they have come under the shelter of my roof. They're under my hospitality, my household. Is that worth something? You know, he's using it all. He's trying to do he's trying to be nice with these people and you know it. Have you ever spoken to these people and their community and their agenda? You're walking on thin ice, man eggshells you don't want to say anything wrong hey nowadays if you don't if you don't even call them by the preferred pronoun they want you get in trouble you lose your job you get put in jail you get fined you get deplatformed you get canceled get banned just by calling a man he when this man thinks he's a she and wants to be addressed as a she and i'm not speaking in any way to be disrespectful or hateful towards anyone but if you allow them to define terms like love and hate, we're going to be, we, well, we find ourselves where we are at now, the same, going the same way Sodom was. A lot of problems coming. We're almost, well, we're pretty much there. Um, 
So, yeah, so he says that, take my daughters. No, that's not, no, 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 that, what are you doing, man? What are you talking about? But they said, they, these men surrounding his house, they said, stand aside, get out of our way. You're in our way. We've got an agenda. It's always been the same agenda. And that is to have homosexual intercourse with those men. And you're in the way. You are standing as opposition to our forceful, perverted agenda. These are our, this is our government, this is our policy, this is our politics, this is our way of life, this is what we're doing, and we're high-handedly doing so. And we know there are two men in there who have not been contaminated by our perversion, and we're going to contaminate him, and you're in the way. Furthermore, they said, pay attention to how similar this language is. An account recorded thousands of years ago could have just as well been written yesterday. So they further say to Lot, not only stand aside, get out of the way, pretty much. In French would be in the equivalence to sold ma face. Sold my face. That means, in English, pretty much what they're saying here. Stand aside. Get out of the way. They further say, this one came in as an alien, and already he is acting like a judge. Oh, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Who are you to judge me? Stop judging us. Look at this one. He's a judge. He's judging us. He's not even a native of Sodom. And here he is trying to judge us. I know you've heard that. If you in any way, shape, or form in our current generation in the Western world, which is now found out of season, dare oppose these men, the same thing happens. The same thing happens. Who are you to judge us? Time to cancel you. Get out of the way. This one came in as an alien, and already he is acting like a judge. Now we will treat you worse than them. So they know they were going to poorly treat these men by practicing homosexuality upon them, forcefully so. But to you lot, who think yourself a judge, it's going to be even worse on you. So they pressed hard against Lot and came near to break the door. That's it. We're going in. There ain't nothing you can do about it. We are the government. We are the power here. And there ain't nothing you can do about it. But the men, these two messengers in which the homosexuals were trying to have intercourse with, these two messengers that Lot met at the gate and wanted to bring into his house to have them secure, they reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them. Get in here and shut the door. Get in here. And these messengers struck the men, the homosexuals, who were at the doorway of the house with blindness. They could see, but now they can't see. Now, if you've been born blind and you've been walking on this earth for many, many years, you've grown accustomed to being blind, so you've learned how to capitalize on the various other faculties of your body, you know, your ears, your nose, your mouth, your sense of touch, and things like that, which help you navigate throughout your day in a functional and productive way. But if you've been able to see with your eyes, and in a matter of a second, you can no longer see with your eyes that everything is now darkness, you're going to stumble aren't you? You're going to fall. You're going to bump into things. You're going to become scared in a frenzy. You're going to lose uh, uh, the capability, your mind, 
was accustomed to with what you could visually see. It's it's now departed. How do you function? Well, it's the same as if you just choose to close your eyes real tight and now go on for a walk, go on, get up and go for a walk somewhere and don't open your eyes. You are not oriented anymore in the same way your eyes have governed your mind. Things have changed. And this is what certainly has taken place miraculously so. This is a breach in the natural norm. Something supernatural has been inserted here in which these men now are struck with blindness, both small and great, young and old, so that they wearied themselves trying to find the doorway. Imagine that. How deep of a perversion and rebellion and lust must you have that even when a supernatural occurrence has happened to them in mass, in the crowds, these men surrounding the house, that they do not at that moment soften their hearts and begin to sit and seek to know what is happening. No, that's not what they do at all. They still are stumbling towards the doorway to continue their agenda. It's like the monster in these horror movies, which I don't watch horror movies anymore. It's been a very long time. I don't think they produce anything worth watching these days regarding horror movies anyways. That was all in the, uh, you know, 70s, 80s, and 90s, and now they're done. (laughs) Well, In a lot of them, isn't it the case that no matter how much the good guys that manage to survive the evil monster, no matter how many bullets or bombs or flames or knives or whatever they have to throw against the bad guy, the the monster, the monster's still crawling forward. The monster's still crawling forward. Right? Well, here's the monster still crawling forward. It's not learning. It's not softening its heart. It's not humbling itself. It's filled with pride. It's filled with pride. Maybe it was during their pride month. Maybe they had their sidewalks painted with rainbow colors. So they're struck with blindness. What happens if they would be struck with AIDS? Would that stop them from crawling forward as a monster to get our children, to get whoever they can to have sexual intercourse with moving forward? What can they be struck with? Disease? Suicide? Murder? To which the statistics clearly say, and those who have managed to remove themselves from that community, that lifestyle, have said it's filled with Drug overdose, drug abuse, sexual fluidity in such a way that there are multiple partners at times, at any given day, at any given time. It is filled with depression and suicide. Yet still, this beast keeps crawling forward for our children, for our lives. It's in government, it's in corporation, it's in academia. It's in entertainment. It's in our religious bodies. It's crept in. And though we think that being really, uh, and though we think that acting like Lot did, oh, please, brethren, please, brothers, don't do this evil, please. Though we think that's the right way, Though we think that that, by appeasing them and being really soft with our words and being really cordial in such a way that maybe they'll they'll be so kind to just let us go. Lot should have been at the door with a double-barrel shotgun said, get off my step or I'll blow you away. Either you all go home and we get to chill out here and live another day, or we're all meeting the maker in a matter of a few seconds. Ain't no perverts getting in here. You go about your business. Maybe that wouldn't be the right way either. But I know the let's just be super nice with them way doesn't work either. Didn't work for a lot. Doesn't work today. Oh, you know I'm making sense. So, 
The men reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they were wearied themselves. So that they wearied themselves trying to find the doorway. They're still crawling forward. They still want to continue with what they, with the agenda. This alphabet community, this Skittles factory is recorded right here thousands of years ago doing the very same thing we see them doing today. And no wonder Paul said, don't be deceived. They will deceive us. You know how they speak. Love is love. Don't be a bigot. Don't be a homophobe. Don't be a transphobe. Don't be phobic. Don't be a bigot. You racist. You bigot. You allow us to have anal sexual intercourse with you and your children. Or you're a bigot, you're a phobic, and we'll cancel you. You fool, don't you know we have government, we have corporation, we have entertainment, we have the academic institutions, we have your religions now. You fools, you've been deceived. Now do as we say, do as we say, bring those men out here so we can have sexual relations with them. Or we'll stampede you down and we'll rape you. Go on, go on. You know it makes sense. So they struck the men with blindness and they're still moving forward. Then the two men said to Lot, in verse 12, chapter 19 of Genesis, Whom else have you here? A son-in-law and your sons and your daughters and whomever you have in the city, bring them out of the place. How many souls did Abraham argue to God would suffice or appease or repent God's coming judgment upon Sodom? How many souls... Did Adam, or sorry, did Abraham make it to? Ten? Ten souls? If there's at least ten souls there, if there are at least ten souls in Sodom who are decent souls, please don't burn it down. Please don't judge it to the ground. Ten? Then the two men said to Lot, Whom else have you there? A son-in-law and your uh, uh, sorry, a son-in-law and your sons and your daughters and whomever you have in the city, bring them out of the place, for we are about to destroy this place because their outcry has become so great before the Lord that the Lord has sent us to destroy it. The measurement of their sin, which is greater. And there is certainly a spectrum of measurement throughout the scriptures regarding sin. All sin, small or big, will, if unrepented, lead us to eternal damnation. Let's make no mistake about that eternally speaking. But on this earth, the consequence, the immediacy of it, the magnitude of it, has a spectrum of measurement from lesser to greater. And at this stage, at this moment in our history, the sin of Sodom was so great that something needed to happen. God, as a just God, could not just sit idly and let that, hap let that kind of wickedness continue, that perversion continue. So the two men said to Lot, whom else have you there? Or have you here, sorry, a son-in-law and your sons and your daughters and whomever you have in the city, bring them out of the place, for we are about to destroy this place, destroy destruction, flatten it out, because their outcry has become so great before the Lord that the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who were to marry his daughters, and said, up. Get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy the city. But he appeared to his sons-in-law to be jesting. So they mocked Lot. Yeah, 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 sure, sure. Right, right. 
Have you ever tried to tell people publicly that the sin of homosexuality and the LGBTQ plus community and its agenda and all those who live that lifestyle and participate in that agenda and who promote and encourage it will all of their own choice be damned eternally to hell? Repent? Change your mind? Leave that community? Leave those practices? Turn away from those wicked, perverted activities? Have you ever tried to tell someone that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sure, buddy. Be quiet, you bigot. You racist, you phobic. Be quiet. Others mock. Be quiet, you religious fanatic. You Nazi. You extremist. You Bible-thumping Christian. You know it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, and they, of course, mocked him. And when morning dawned, in verse 15, what's the holdup? What's taking so much time? Let's go. Let's go, go, go. The messengers urged Lot, saying, Up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away in the punishment of the city. It's coming. It's coming. You do not want to be left behind. If you stick around here, you're going down with them. Don't be going down with them. Get out. What are you waiting for? Arise and be baptized, calling on his name, right? Acts twenty two sixteen. That's what Paul was told. What are you waiting for? Let's go. Let's get, let, let's get this done now. You waiting to be saved? Really? Let's get to it. You know it. The word of God has spoken. Judgment is coming. We've given you the way to be saved. Get out. But you're procrastinating? You're still lingering on to this city, to these people? They have been mocking you. The way they've been treating you? Let's go. Get out. But he hesitated. Verse 16. He hesitated. Well, my wife, you know, she really likes this place. She has friends here. She gets along with many of them. My wife doesn't want to leave here. My wife, I mean, that's one of the reasons I'm here. Well, wait a minute. Aren't you the leader of the household? Aren't you the spiritual head of the house? What's the matter with you? You get contaminated by feminism? What's going on here? Not only do we have homosexuals, we have feminism running amok. Uh, uh, uh. Let's just change Sodom to America or Canada, the Western world. So he hesitated. So the men seized his hand and the hand of his wife and the hands of his two daughters, for the compassion of the Lord was upon him. We're calling you out whether you want to or not. This is happening. And they brought him out and put him outside the city. They knew the heart of Lot, his daughters. They knew what was going on. And they're like, you're coming out because we're not going to mess up on our duty. (laughs) Okay, we've been given a task and an office to uphold. And we're not going to go back to the employer and be like, so we couldn't fulfill the job. We didn't, the job was messed up. Sorry, we just couldn't, we messed up. Sorry, we, sorry. (laughs) What would Donald Trump say? You're fired. Yeah, so they're going to do their job. So they brought him out and put him outside the city. Now, when they had brought them outside, one said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you and do not stay anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you will be swept away. I'm giving you a life jacket here. Dude, I'm giving you the cure to stage four cancer. I'm giving you the instruction words. That if you receive in your mind these words and you act upon your trust in these words will result in your salvation. They come from God. God says, do this. If you believe him and you love him, you'll do that. And if you do that, you live. You are saved. You won't be destroyed with this coming judgment upon Sodom. Friends, there's a coming day where the sky will open, the trump will sound. 
and our Lord will appear in the sky, and judgment will take place upon this wicked and fallen, dying world. And all who practice homosexuality and feminism and abortion and all forms of wickedness and tyranny and oppression, hate and murder and lying, they're going to be judged. God's going to honor their decision. You wanted to be eternally punished, and so you are now to be eternally punished. This is reality. It's not a myth. The world has worked very hard throughout the decades to make you and I believe this is just a myth. This is just a fable. None of this is true. Don't worry about those things. Stop feeling guilty. Live life the way you want to live life. Friends, it's a devil's lie. Don't be caught in that trickery. I know I used to be fooled by that trickery in my past life. Don't do that. It doesn't matter how they flower it, how, how they color it, how, how they masquerade. It doesn't matter. It's still wickedness. And it will be judged on a day and hour we do not know. That is soon coming. But Lot said to them, Oh no, my lords. Now behold, your servants has found favor in your sight, and you have magnified your loving kindness, which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, for the disaster will overtake me and I will die. Now behold, this town is near enough to flee to, and it is small. Please, let me escape there. Is it not small, that my life may be saved? And he said to him in verse 21, Behold, I grant you this request also, not to overthrow the town of which you have spoken. Okay? I will honor your request. The authority is speaking. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. So now he's bound by his word. Lot gets to uh, have his request, and it can be as he he uh, uh, as he said. So therefore, the name of the town was called Zoar. Zoar, small, small. The sun had risen over the earth when, the Lot, when, when Lot came to Zoar. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities all, and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. I mean, flattened as flattened can be. And, um, but his wife... Sadly, in verse 26, his wife, Lot's wife, from behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt. And one would say, well, that's pretty, like, I mean, that's a pretty heavy judgment on just looking back. Well, the idea behind looking back in the context will give us the greater insight of what's truly taking place and why she was judged that way, she wasn't looking back because the sight of her eyes just out of curiosity wanted to see what was happening. Her looking back was a yearning to remain there and to die or to live with them for she had more love for them and the wickedness there than she had fear of God, right? So her looking back has a lot more than just, oh, I want to see with my eyes what's happening because I'm curious to the car crash, right? No, she wanted to be there, and God, again, gave her her request. Lot's request was for safety and salvation away from that wicked location. He was granted that request. His wife, however, her request was that, was that she remained there with the wicked. And so God honored her request. Be careful what you request. I speak to myself as much as you. Be careful for what you request. What's in your heart? 
at times we, coming out of that lifestyle, a great many of us, Paul would say to the Christians in Corinth, and some were, and such were some of you, who used to be in the homosexual agenda and uh, the uh, LGBTQ community and all that kind of stuff. And though you can have uh, moments in which you think back to those you were involved with in that community and the sins you participated in and the kind of things you were doing, you can think back on that. Uh, I think back to my past life and the things I would I was doing and the people that were in my past life, family and friends. And uh, but I don't want to live there anymore, though. I don't want to live there, and that's that's the danger. We we should not want to live there. I don't want to live there anymore. Looking back to see old pictures, songs that perhaps bring memories, uh, those kind of things will not damn your soul. But if you actively seek to live in the sin that God had called you out of, then yeah, you know, that's a problem. And you should have concern with your eternal soul. And we see here that Lot's wife certainly became the recipient of that judgment. God just said, I'll honor your request. And God has a way of removing us from a toxic influence, doesn't he? He has a way of separating us from those whose hearts and motives were not right. And to bring us into a location that is more pure, more pure and hope-filled with good, loving hearts. See, Lot wanted a way out, and the motive of his heart was right in requesting a location of security. But his wife, I think, had been a problem for a while for him. I think she had been a problem for him for many years, and he was not strong enough to do what he should have been doing, which is leading that household, and she had been making decisions that were causing a lot of problems for that family, and God knew that, and so he honored her request when she looked back. So don't always think of the sorrow that is involved, because there is sorrow. Lot just lost his wife. There's sorrow involved there, even if she was toxic, even if she was a problem, per se, spiritually and physically. Given enough time, Lot could have been like, you know, that that hurt when I lost her. It really did. It hurt a lot. <laughs> lot hurt a lot. Okay, well, it was for the better, though. Because the corrupt stayed with the corrupt. And the pure and humble were put in another location, a smaller location, but a safe location, a saved location, a humble location where there is security. And the greater bulk of what is corrupt is waiting for fire and brimstone. Because their hearts are not right. They don't practice love. Though they speak it, Though they will say, oh, we practice love. They don't. And that will be revealed on that day, as it was for Sodom and Gomorrah, wasn't it? We need to be careful, and we need to pay attention. Sometimes these moments of sorrow, I mean, they lost their city. They were part of that city. He lost his wife. It, can bring, it could have destroyed him and his faith forevermore. But out of sorrow... Out of the devil's chaos and division, God can take and bring further growth and progress to his gospel. These sinful individuals got exactly what was just. Now Abraham arose early in the morning and went to the place where he had stood before the Lord. And he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the valley. And he saw, and behold, the smoke of the land ascended like the smoke of a furnace. Thus it came about when God destroyed the cities of the valley that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow. 
when he overthrew the cities in which Lot lived. Isn't that quite the account? We are wise to pay attention to these things. It was such a memorable part of our history that throughout the scriptures, this here recorded account is mentioned and forewarned upon the people, the believers, to remember what took place here and to not be deceived by it ever again. Yet here we are in America and in Canada. And these same men have surrounded us and they're demanding the same thing. Isn't that crazy? And here we are trying to be nice to them. Oh, please, please, we're, we're fellow human beings. Please don't do this. Get out of our way. Who are you to judge us? It's the same thing. Again, you'd think this book was written yesterday. You can go to Romans chapter 1, read it today, and thought it was written by Paul yesterday. And someone says, well, the sin that they were destroyed for was not homosexuality, and then they'll try to find other locations in the Old Testament and try to pluck out things out of context. No, 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 listen, the abomination is the homosexual activity in which Sodom and Gomorrah was indeed destroyed for. It is very specific, and the context reveals that. No, no, it wasn't. It was just because of rape. God just hates rape. No, 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 you're stretching it, man, to make it... No, 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 no. No, that's not at all what God is saying there. No, no, God made it very specific. The act of homosexuality, which is male having anal sexual intercourse with another male, and I am being very mechanical with it. That's just what it is. It's biology. That's what they're doing. It is a perversion. It is unnatural. It is an abomination. It is for the very reason they were destroyed in Sodom and Gomorrah, and they will be judged today. Now we do not practice. We no longer live under the law of the Old Testament, so we do not uh, utilize capital punishment on those who choose to practice homosexuality in this new covenant, in the age of the Christ, the Messiah, the Christian age. But I assure you, as the scriptures reveal, all who practice homosexual activities, who promote and encourage, who live within the LGBTQ plus agenda, their end, if they do not repent, will be eternal damnation. There is no way around that. And you can hate me all you want to. I'm just the mailman. I am firmly against, as the Bible instructs me, I am firmly against any revenge or retaliation or physical uh, uh, violence against anyone who does practice homosexuality or who are members of the LGBTQ community. But we as Christians cannot be deceived by their agenda, and we must stand strong against it. We do not hate the human being created in the image of God. We hate the sin they practice, which destroys a nation, and in this account, flattened it to the ground. What do you think's coming for America and Canada if we do not have an awakening and a renewal? If we do not restore our ways to the beaten path of the scriptures, what do you think's coming? We will become slaves. We will become slaves. Maybe it takes 400 years of bondage all over again for God's people to wake up. I certainly pray that's not the case, but I know God knows best. The sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was homosexuality. It was bisexuality, it was transgenderism, it was all of it. The same sin we see today destroying Look at what's going on today. These drag queen hours to our children in the libraries. Homosexuals teaching our children at school. Young children at school being taught how to do some of the most perverted things. It's not right. And we can be as nice as Lot with them as much as we want to. Oh, come on, guys. Please, please. We're all, we're all human beings here. Please don't do that. Ain't gonna work, man. It ain't gonna work. We need to firmly stand together as brethren, arm in arm, faithful to Christ, and say, we're done with this nonsense. We're standing up against it. We don't want to hurt them physically. 
but they are no longer to have the key to the city. They are no longer to be found in our government, in our corporations, in our academic institutions. They are no longer to have the privilege of being in positions to dismantle the very fabric of our identity in the Western world, which is a Christ-like identity, which served us well in our freedom for centuries, now since lost and fallen, because again, we've been deceived by these kinds. First, you teach people that they are not human beings. They are species. There is no God. You first teach them that there is no God. And once they know they are animals or believed to be animals, then you can have with them anything you want. We'll murder our own kind, abortion. We'll pervert each other, homosexuality. Well, yeah, we're just animals anyways. You see what happens when we remove the God of the Bible from society? The Christ from society? Makes a mess. Okay, anyway, that'll conclude this session for what it's worth to you. Hopefully something of substance that can give you, you know, um, something uh, to think about at the very least, right? Something to think about at the very least. Um, it's still there. I had to look at these things. I had to study these things for myself. I mean, you go ahead and do the same. If you have an honest and pure heart, the truth is there, and it's all around us, and we see it. Anywho, uh, that'll conclude this session in our Wednesday Bible studies in the book of Genesis. We'll keep going to uh, other accounts in Genesis with the weeks following, Lord willing. Uh, check out the itinerary if there's something in there that you find interesting. By all means, please subscribe, rumble, like, share, comment, all that kind of good stuff. And uh, please consider, at the very least, supporting this stuff. I mean, I deliver it to you freely, and I would do so without a dime. I've done so without a dime. Uh, but if you think there is substance in this and it should be spoken, well, we here put ourselves in positions of risk uh, to speak these things. And uh, we want to keep producing content that can encourage you or reach you or challenge you. So please consider supporting the Added Souls ministry, the Maya family. You can do so through addedsouls.locals.com uh, for as little or as much as you want. And that it goes towards all of this kind of uh, all of this gospel material, as uh, we keep working the mission field over here on the East Coast. Stay focused and stay positive. Stiff on with you at itsouls.com. Till the next time, God bless. <laughs>